Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Zach Bartles. Zach, what's going on, man? Well, I am, uh, I've got a bunch of glass, you know, like uh, windows and uh, just big pieces of kind of tempered glass. And I've got grease pencils and I am laying out the sort of skeleton for what will be the, the ABC Deep State. Nice. Nice. No one knows what to make of that. No, not at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> it's a deep cut, man. It's like a joke within a joke. But gotcha, gotcha. That's how, that's how you roll, man. Stuff within stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like niche of a niche. I like lashing things to things, lashing other things inside of those things. So there it is. That's right. And now you've evolved to jokes within jokes. Jokes within jokes, dude. That's my wheelhouse. <laughs> It's where my mama raised me. She tucked me into a joke within a joke at night and tell me sweet dreams. That is great. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Do we have? Uh, do we have any uh, sponsors today? Even made up ones? How about a little shout out to Missionalware? Okay. Let's let's start over. Let's start over with Missionalware. Go back to our roots, huh? Right, yeah, we'll go back to that first level of intimacy, just hand-holding, you know, just All right. just shouts out and hand-holding. Listen, Missionalware, right. we understand, is a wonderful place to buy uh, Reformation-based things. It, it's a wonderful place where you allegedly can get busts of theologians, <laughs> and you definitely can get uh, things like Steins with these Go to Eleven logo on them. Oh yeah, and yes. uh, you know all sorts of products. I mean, there's there's more than two products on that page. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got we got our logo on a bunch of stuff over there, and uh, you know we uh, we love you, Mission Aware. We razz you all the time, but we we love you, and so we're we're gonna throw you some love this up. When are we gonna do that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, you know what? Missional wear is is the best, uh, you know, outfitter of niche of a niche. Uh, for example, those people who really like to drink beer and they really like Martin Luther. Oh wait, no, that's just that's Lutherans. Right. Never mind, that's just all Lutherans. Uh, but people who like really like to smoke cigars and they really like Spurgeon, uh, or people who like ironic T-shirts and they really like John Owen. So if you fall into any of these niche of a niche, uh, you know, kind of communities. Check out missionalware.com, and uh, you will you will be very happy with what you purchase from there. I've got a bunch of different products from Missionalware. Do you, Nathan? Do you have many products? I do. I do, actually. I do have many products. I have um, a nice uh, flask that I got from them, uh, a great T-shirt that I partially uh, custom-made from them, uh, as well as uh, the, these go to eleven beer stein. You partially custom. Oh, you put a quote on the back of a T-shirt. Yep. Which is something yep. they let so, you do. Yeah, yeah. So I have the um, post tenebras lux um, after darkness light, and then I have the uh, verse from Peter that uh, we have been called out of this darkness into this marvelous light. Um, verse on the back of it. Nice. All right. Yeah. You, can, you also you could copy Nathan if you wanted. Or you come up with something better. You know, it's all up That's to right. you, listeners. <laughs> it wouldn't be too hard. I'm not the creative type. <laughs> well, you know who is the creative type? Everybody on the These Go to Eleven discussion group. That's right. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if you it saw, is... man, but 
we got a badge. I did see that. It was like the up and coming badge, or like the rising star, the rising star group. It was one of those. It was one of the most active new groups for its first two weeks or whatever. And yes. they, uh, yeah, so that's that's quite an honor coming from uh, Facebook. They they personally handpick each one of those groups. It's done lovingly. It's not done by an algorithm or a <laughs> robot. It's done by Zuck himself. That's right. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to choose these groups, and I'm going to I'm going to hold them in my hands and and nurture them. I'm going to give them badges. <laughs> badges? We don't need no stinking badges. We got them though, man. We got. <laughs> I feel like you and I are both super low energy today. I think so. I think like, that's a function of it being three in the afternoon, and we're both at work, yeah. and we're both, <laughs> we're kind of <laughs> we're kind of like, well, we wanted to do this. But now that yeah. we're doing it, we're not sure why we wanted to do this. But the reason Except, is for consistency. That's right. That's right. We want to throw the love out there. But you know what else is great? So, Zach, before we went on, and I don't know if you have access to the interwebs there. Oh, I have all sorts of technology in the studio. Palm Pilot, phone, uh, nice. computer. Computer, I've got that. I've got, I've got, all, I've got everything, man. Uh, digital clock i got two little digital clocks one of them tells me the uh temperature inside temperature outside so i've got (laughs) i've got stuff that hasn't even been invented yet man what what, what are we talking about here what am i looking so so i want you to go on to the uh the these go to 11 uh discussion post all right and before we went on i asked our listeners told them we were podcasting we got some you know good topics we're going to be talking about um, and I wanted them to drop in some random words or phrases that we could work into oh, our happy well, if podcast. You talk here. about it; it's not funny anymore. I know, but you know, I mean, the people who are on the pod, who are on the discussion board post, will love it anyway. You know what? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clip that out. Am I am I uploading this? Okay. Or are you? Uh, you are. All right. Yeah. No, I'm going to clip that out, man. We don't want to. That the whole like fun little like oh he did. We it don't want to pull behind the curtain. No way, man. That's... <laughs> There's nobody allowed back here but us. I don't even have pants on back here. <laughs> Dude, did you ever listen to the episode that Greg and I recorded where he literally did not have pants on because a bottle of soda exploded all over them? Now, were you in the same room? <laughs> we were. <laughs> what Did he have something on below the waist? Uh, he, he, he had a blanket wrapped around his waist. Wow. Wow. No, I haven't heard that one. Um, listen, the idea that I could sit in a room and take somebody seriously just because we're both men of the cloth is a bunch of pietistic blather, if you know what I mean. Again, I say, again, I say pietistic blather. All right. Well, um, <laughs> Let's let's get into our topics, man. I um I don't know about you, but I got about uh, forty minutes here that we can, we can really okay. topic it up. Yeah, that's that sounds good to me. So, um, the first topic that we have going on here, um, you know, might sound like a bunch of scubalon, but it really <laughs> isn't. Um, and you sent me this article, and you is were it, like, "Dude, is, is it weird that it bothers me that you, the, the word scubalon hasn't been properly inflected and parsed out here? That, that like, the, 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 the Greek nerd in me does not like hearing a bunch of scubalon. Uh, but you know what? I'll just muscle through it. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. 
you'll 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 take one for the team here, as it were. <laughs> um, so you sent me this article. The title of this article, as soon as I read it, I literally palmed my hand to my head and I was like, "What in the world?" Did you check to the 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 name of, on the URL to make sure it wasn't the Babylon Bee? Because that is exactly what I did when I saw it. Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> I was looking. That's the first thing I did. So this is um, the the one you sent me was from the Christian Post, and uh, the title of the article. I mean, I I just I have to hang on this title for a few minutes here. Mega church founder James McDonald allegedly sought murderer for hire. Police investigating. <laughs> you know, like and like the, when you look at when you look underneath, <laughs> it's like related article. Concern over personal, uh, like personal purchases with ministry funds or something. It's like, whoa, that escalated quite quickly. (laughs) James McDonald may have have purchased some lattes with church funds. Oh, and a murder for hire. (laughs) Nothing in between. No. (laughs) And we're not laughing at the, the, the guy's fall. We're laughing at the absurdity. How did we get here? And, and, and I don't know about you, but I've got just the kind of fatigue where I don't even feel like the shock anymore when this oh, crap yeah. with famous pastors comes up. I just go, all right, well, that's a different category of person from me because I'm not a famous pastor. I right. don't – what? Murder for hire. And then if you keep reading – like that's something from like that, – that, that's not something from everyday life that you read in like the Christian post. No. Right. That, that would be like something I would expect to see on like one of those like Netflix anthologies or something like that, you know, where the pastor goes out and tries to hire, like that is not something I, yeah, exactly. And then you keep reading and the word hitman comes up Yeah, and you're like, I didn't like, here's the, in my mind, McDonald and he, he was I mean everyone knows he's one of these guys where it's like people who know him say he may or may not be a jerk and you're like okay well everyone's got their stuff they deal with I I've right. been told a few times by a few people that I tend toward being a jerk there are other pastors who tend toward being just like uh, roll over me and I'm just a pushover and I won't lead uh, you know people all kind of move in different directions and lean too far one way or the other I thought of him as being sort of like a Driscoll right yeah, so maybe yeah. he was a little bit pushy. Maybe he tried to manipulate, you know, and, and, and if you went against him, you were a little bit blacklisted. I didn't think, and again, the phrase was murder for hire. Right. I didn't think yeah. we were there yet with James McDonald, but here we stand. And, and again, allegedly. Uh, that's probably right. the most important word in all of this because it's very sensationalized. And who knows what's going on, but just unpack for me your the the synapses that fired in your brain first upon reading the article after you laughed or double right. spit taked or whatever it was where you thought it might be a joke and then realized it wasn't. Uh, yeah. And then as you kept reading, you know what like what what was going on in, in that brain of yours because uh, that's. I, I won't tell people what your response to me was because it was a, it was a PG, PG word in there. But that was kind of my response as well. Right. 
Right. Well, again, like like you said, you, you sit here and you look at this, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is another Babylon B thing, you know. And so I'm I'm I click on it and I'm going through and I'm reading and I'm like, I start actually reading through it. I'm like, this is kind of long for Babylon B. And like, <laughs> and then I'm like, wait a minute, no, this is a legit news. What in the and there's just like this moment of shock that comes over and it's like i i can't actually believe what i'm reading here and i i still am looking at this like trying to believe that this is not from some satirical post like even as i'm reading through this and and i have it pulled up right now and i'm reading through it again like trying to believe that this is not like this isn't satire and, mm-hmm. and and it's totally not like this is genuine, you know, genuine allegations are brought against him. You know, police are genuinely investigating this. Like, I, I just where do you go from here? Like, this isn't some doot doot menomena menomena post. Yeah, no, if you will. Uh, <laughs> that, that was a little bit clunky, that one. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't know if you followed like I, I have heard here and there um, that James McDonald is uh you know not only pushy and heavy-handed but has said things that sounded over the top and yeah. and those things kind of leaned in this direction for example he's like one of these guys who'll go shooting with people in his church some people will freak out over that like why would a pastor ever do that i've done that with men in my church but sure. there have been times when he has uh put up photos of people again allegedly um and you know, I'm sure there are some people listening to this going, why are you talking about this and spreading this gossip? Dude, this is public record. And if you right. are a Christian, we all need to deal with the the just flood, the mudslide of fall from grace stories that are making people kind of slowly write off any form of Christianity. We've got to deal with these things. So oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't even like talking about it because it's just, especially like... I mean, Driscoll was was to me a bit of a hero. James McDonald, he started going a little wonky anyway at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, it, with earlier iterations of this scandal, all the news outlets had already burned through the uh, discussing the elephant in the room, uh, you know, article title, right? Turn of phrase, uh, because this has all been a long time coming. Uh, as you dig deeper, the lava gets hotter and hotter, as tends to yeah. be the case. Um, but this guy to me was just kind of, uh, I don't know, something about the, the name Harvest in, being in the church name made him seem folksier to me. Ma- yeah. Made me think of the 80s and Bill Gaither and stuff. Um, right. I, I don't know. Yeah. Were you shocked that it was him or you were you just shocked that it was anything, anyone? I was I was just shocked that it was, it was any pastor coming, you know, like, I mean – yeah, I just to me like of all the things that that I've heard about in you know church scandals coming out like th- this hasn't even remotely been in 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 things that I've heard about before. You know, I mean to me this is just like so new that I'm still trying to like process this information. Like and I'm it's this is going to sound kind of funny, but seriously, my mind is going to like scripture and out of all the things that Paul deals with in terms of like the correction of the church and things like that, 
you know, he's, he's constantly dealing with, you know, sexual sins, gossip. Does he ever once deal with elders like trying to have people killed? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. I you, mean, you know what? <laughs> every time he, this guy pops up, there are biblical arguments uh, for and against. For example, T.D. Jakes in the elephant room, right? Uh-huh. Why are we discussing with this guy? He's a rank heretic. We're supposed to not even greet him, etc. No, 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 no. We're not afraid of false ideas. Let's talk about them. Blah, blah, blah. More light shined in the darkness instead of just leaving it in the darkness. And then, and then, uh, you know, the is he too heavy-handed? Are our pastors meant to rule? Are they meant to oversee? Um, you know, are elders supposed to be, uh, you know, representatives like a democracy, or are they supposed to be more tyrannical? There's different, you know, he wouldn't call it tyrannical, but, you know, more authoritative and, and that sort of thing. And then you get to this one, and you're like, the the side that's anti James McDonald is like, now the Bible says thou shalt not murder, and the other side's like, I got nothing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> although did you did you get dip into it and why? I mean, like, what pushed him to this point? Yeah, well, so from what I can tell, it was his um, I, his former son-in-law, um, what had hurt his daughter in some way, allegedly in some again, way. And, right? And possibly had posted some kind of revenge porn type thing. Um, which is, you know, also a way of hurting his daughter. Right. And when I hear that, like all the way, my jaws just dropped. I was shocked by it. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. being sarcastic when I say I'm so, you know, jaded by this that I, I was horribly shocked by it. And I get to right. that point and I just put myself in his place. I don't have a daughter, but right. I do have girls that, that I feel protective about. I, I am a father. And I said to myself, um, I could see somebody saying the words, you know, like, to, right. you know, maybe, maybe not even a hundred percent real, but just, right. just trying out the words. Right. Do you know anyone? Could we do this? Could we wipe right. this guy off? I, I've said that sort of thing. Um, you know, when you read about someone having raped a child or something saying like, yes. I'd, I'd like to have that guy alone for right. 30 minutes. You'd never find what was left of him. I'd bury him on the right. day. You know, you say that kind of thing because yeah. even if you don't intend to do it, it, it something cathartic about it, it's probably not good. Right. It, it, you know, to let your mind go into that kind of place. But I right. don't know then that that necessarily equates to this guy, you know, put out a hit and, you know, it, 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 yeah. did he really solicit it if he knew his friend was going to talk him back down, talk some sense into him, you know? It, right. Or, or was that more... Just, you know, hey, I'm so angry right now. I have to I have to say that I'm going to do it or maybe I am going to do it. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I think I think you bring up a good point because, you know, the, those are things that like, you know, I I've also um, I've said, you know, in either a more serious tone, not literally intending to go through with it or even at times a more satirical tone where, you know, somebody comes in and they're all frustrated with someone and it's like, man, you know, I just, you know, want to punch him or something like that, you know, and I've been like, well, you know, 20 bucks and I'll take care of it for, you know, I've made those comments before, um, in jest flippantly. And as you said, like when something so tragic and horrible, like a child who's been so, um, brutally abused comes up and it's like, you know, oh man, yeah, I, you know, I'll take that person and blow it, you know. And so is 
like you said, is this what went on or was he seriously actively pursuing this hitman? Yeah. And, and I don't know how much I blame him either way, apart from the fact that he's, you know, a man of the cloth and modeling forgiveness still with your own children. And I even think about like young girls at, at my church who I've known yeah. since they were four or five and now I'm doing weddings for them. They're there. Yeah. There's a, there's a sense of if anyone thinks about hurting this kid, this is why when we talked about like the, the whole scandal thing, like what is the church's response when there's been right. an accusation? Do they cover it? No, the church needs to say, you think you're going to hurt a little kid in our sanctuary on our watch and by sanctuary i mean you know the cover of the whole church no we're we'll throw you to the wolves you're gonna find right. out that that this is not a safe place for predator for predatory you know and, and i think there is a certain um you know there, there are cities of refuge for a reason in the old testament but yes. we're not in the old testament so i right. think that the the instinct the the immediate flash of anger is understandable and right. i think it's beyond forgivable and if he said right. it in confidence to a guy who was close to him, who like did security for him and stuff, and it all depends on intent. You can't know someone's heart. What was their intent when they when they bounced this off you? The fact though that the guy who reported it then later was like got people watching his back now because he, he said that he supposedly thinks that James McDonald's going to come after him. I'm right, going, all right, right. This whole thing's getting absurd now. Yeah. This is like a this is like what like an Amazon Prime original program over here, like where you where you're like, oh, you had me for the first three apps, but then, you know, right. once the pastor started hunting down his former security people, you lost me as far as realism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I it's just it's one of those things where you really like you have to you have to really like read it and see it to, to believe it, you know, it's just because it does sound so crazy. And so, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, again, I'm still just sitting here trying to see it and process, um, you know, all of it that's going through, you know? So, yeah. The thing is like, at this point, he's not gonna, no one's, he's not going to jail for this. I don't, I don't think I'm no lawyer. But yeah, I mean, it's it's one of these things where it's one person's word against the other person, and there's no way to prove what he said unless there's recordings or what he meant. If even if you you know even if he said it, um, it'd be easy to say I wasn't in my right mind. Clearly, I wouldn't have gone through with anything like that. I was just talking like people do. I mean, if someone, right. especially I don't know if he, I didn't say he'd had a few drinks in him or anything, but I mean, this is the kind of thing that guys guys say. There's certain kind of guys too who are prone to go off at the mouth. And yes. it seems like from everything else we've heard alleged about this guy, he's one of them. Right. Uh, and so yeah, I, I tend to think maybe the pastoral ministry, especially a local church ministry, is not the place for you if you're, quote, given to fits of rage. I heard that somewhere. Right. I think it might have been the New Testament. Right. But I don't think prison is, is the place for you either if this is the extent of what he did. So it, yeah. it, the, the whole problem is it's compounding on top of a bunch of other things. It's yeah. another pastor who's mid fall and fighting it. Um, and it's weird to see how with this whole spate of very public falls from grace with generally very well-known pastors. Um, what, what you see is two extremes. One is the moment anything comes to light, they're like, 
you know what, I'm just going to step down. Uh, you know, Not that I did anything, it's just for the good of my family and my church, and I don't want to. And then the other one is, I will not go quietly or at all. You're going to have to right. pry this church out of my cold, dead hands. I don't care yeah. if it kills the church while I go down. Uh, right. And I don't know if either of them is more biblical. I think the more biblical one would be uh, to recuse yourself, recuse yourself for a short time and put it in the hands of, if if it's a legal matter, the you know actual law enforcement, and if right. it's simply a an issue of character and fitness for the office, put it in the hands of this is where it pays to not be Baptist, and have some mm-hmm. kind of higher, you know, right. uh, bishopric right. or synod or session or whatever you know that's going to look into it and make a ruling. Yeah, uh, but yeah. does this at this point does this hurt your? I don't mean hurt your faith like you're not sure that Jesus is Lord. I mean mm-hmm. hurt your faith in in the church at large. Your, your faith in the idea that you could go into a building with a cross on the top of it on a Sunday and hear a godly man tell you something true. I I don't think so um, for a couple reasons. One is um, there... Uh, growing up in, in the home I did, you know, we... We grew up in a Christian home. My parents were Christians. We were in church, but they were never afraid to talk to us about, um, you know, the scandals that went on in the church. Um, that you know, they were never, and and thankfully we didn't have any personally go on because I think that would have been different. But they were never afraid to talk about those things in the news and then point us back to Christ and talking about His Word. And and so I don't things that I hear about people in the church, they, they, they rock me in terms of, um, getting me frustrated. Um, because, uh, you know, I know that the people on the outside are looking in and they're making those judgments. And so in terms of, you know, what it, how it affects the gospel, it frustrates and angers me. But like personally, you know, fearing what I go in and listen to, uh, no, that doesn't that doesn't so much affect me on that level. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, we don't know if if he's legitimate or if he's just kind of playing saint, um, and if he's kind of conning everybody. If this is his, his last con, if you will, um, who knows? Uh, if if he's practicing a, a different kind of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, or a gentle Christian gentleman's smoking companion. So, um, <laughs> kind of relates to, I think, I think we got to stop. I think we've got to stop. Even though I started it last week, we got to stop with the, uh, the random words or phrases because there's no way I cannot do it. And it's going to always detract from any seriousness. Of any discussion. <laughs> oh boy. Oh. Well, you know, this was the last con. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, I've got like seven other titles, but I can't, I can't, I'm not going to. Um, but it does, I think that, that, that discussion does easily segue into what you wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah. Not the elephant in the room, but the other stuff in the room. Uh, yeah. In that a lot of people, I think, also kind of lose their faith in Christianity the more they recognize mm-hmm. how many mutually exclusive to some degree 
sort of streams of it there are how many different yeah. denominations with different you know understandings and i've heard a lot of unbelievers say if if the bible's inerrant why are there infinite number of ways to interpret it if if people if all christians have the holy spirit why don't right. they all have the same view of scripture and the same doctrine and yeah. i've run into some people who find that to be a pretty compelling argument against believing in the scriptures mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and that's and that's one that I had been thinking of um, for uh, really since we started talking about um, Rachel the Held Evans, you know, two weeks ago when we were talking about um, her death, and and you know, I was just thinking to um, the conversation about what makes uh, you know a good discussion group, and just started thinking. So why is it that? in in the reformed camp you know there are differing views and opinions on things why is it you know so even you know let's we have these major differences that will occur where you know we have um reformed theology and arminian theology so you have big bigger differences like that but even within the reformed camp it's difficult to you know sit there and say okay yeah i believe in the absolute sovereignty of god but I also believe in the prescriptive method of worship, um, you know, and so even coming to terms and agreements on things like that. And, you know, just and so a lot of those things just started popping up in my mind. And so I, I want to get your thoughts first, Zach, as a pastor, and and particularly because in our conversations, I really appreciate the fact that many of those differences you're able to put aside and and have fellowship with the other pastors and denominations in your community. Um, and so talk to me, talk to me about that from that perspective as a pastor, how you're able to lay aside those differences for the sake of the gospel. And, and how do you view those other pastors in the way they view other doctrinal differences? Well, this is where it pays off to actually be Baptist. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if you have a historical understanding uh, of where we come from and why. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of Baptists are, you know, the joke is told, I think it's told about every denomination, but it's uh, most told, I think, two Baptists by non-Baptists where you they get the tour of heaven, right? And sh- yeah, yeah. they think they're the only ones here. Like, there, there are a lot of those. Those yeah. are really not Baptists from a historical point of view. If you think you're the only ones here, you don't, you don't in any way embody the historic Baptist understanding of a wide tent Christianity. You yeah. don't have anything in common with the original Baptist forebears who came and said, okay, there are a bunch of different places you can go and be a Christian in America, but you'll be punished if you're the wrong kind of Christian. What if we had a place where everyone could come and just follow God according to their conscience? That place is called Providence. And mm-hmm. it's the, you know, so, so we have that history. So having studied that and, and kind of realigned my views on these things with a historic Baptist, which I believe is a very biblical view, um, it's not hard for me if it doesn't touch the very core, the creedal stuff to mm-hmm. say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to uh, find that point at which, to which we can come together uh, it may just be we can come together and serve together. Dude, we'll come together and serve together with people who are outside of historic Orthodox Christianity or Christianity at all. I'll work yeah. with 
liberal Jews uh, to to help clean up the streets. Yeah, atheist groups to. And I, I don't mean like fighting crime. I mean literally picking up garbage on the street. Um, right, right. Uh, or or fighting crime, whatever. I, 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 depending on you know what kind of things they're into here. Uh, or or you know a, a secular humanist group wants to um, condemn an act of of defacing a uh, the Islamic center. Uh, yeah. You know I'll come out. I, I'll say, listen, our community stands with you. Uh, and, and then you get into a point where you start having worship in common. Uh, and so you have to say, do we hold these things together, you know, these these core principles together? And you have to decide what is non, non-essential and essential, what is mm-hmm. non-negotiable and something that you can set aside. And I think it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. And maybe, again, that maybe is, is fodder for someone to say, well, how come it's different for everyone if you all have that same quote, Holy Spirit? Uh, and then when even when you get into worshiping with people, if it gets into the Lord's table, uh, and you know, sharing the sacraments, uh, that sort of thing, preaching in one another's churches, that sort of thing. You have to make sure you're pretty darn comfortable with these people. And I have been in, because I tend toward the big camp and the ecumenical, I have been in situations where I've been standing uh, or sitting on you know, the, the, the dais and um, somebody's up there preaching in front of me and I'm, you know, I'm in a row, but I'm next to a bunch of other people. We're all kind of a united front. And something is preached that is heretical, and it yeah. is a bad situation to be in, and is uncomfortable, and it is it's really frustrating, and you don't know what to do. Like, do I need to stand up and denounce? Do I need to get up and leave to show I'm not on board with this? It right. is very odd. I was at a uh, Good Friday service once. We had five churches together, and yep. uh, one of them, it turned out, you printing or vacuuming? Yeah, like I said, I'm in office, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a little taste of life, you know, a little... That's right. Um, one of the, the, the churches had just gotten a new pastor. The guy yep. before him was just about the most solid... Uh, I mean, he was old. I went to him for for personal and professional counsel. I mean, this guy was... He was amazing. Uh, he mm-hmm. retired, and then shortly thereafter died. They got a new guy, and he got up on Good Friday... And said, now I know most of these people sitting behind me believe that when Jesus died, that was all part of God's plan. And that's why Jesus came. But at the risk of being the heretic up here, I'm going to suggest, uh, what if it wasn't? What if what if that wasn't God's plan at all? And uh, the only reason I stayed there was because mm-hmm. I got to preach after him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe uh, the Holy Spirit did uh, give me the words to say to correct and proclaim the truth and that sort of thing. So it's a it's a dangerous thing. Um, and even when we all get together, you know, how beautiful it is when brothers dwell together in, in unity, even when we can do that and put our differences aside, the differences are still there having been set aside to be pointed at and for someone to demand, why are those there if you supposedly, with the same Holy Spirit, are interpreting the same scriptures? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you have an answer to the question? Um, <laughs> it's a I mean, tough one, isn't so it? yeah. I mean, what? So I, you know, I've encountered that before, obviously. Um, you know, and I think, I think there are a couple things that are going on. I mean, I think one is, even though we all have the same Holy Spirit, you know, we're we're not all the same. 
Um, and there are people that we rely on to, you know, interpret the things that were said, look at what was done and what was practiced um, in Scripture. Um, and and I think there are things that are looked at. And, and you know, one of, the, one of the things that I was thinking of that came to mind was um, baptism. I think on essentials, I think that's one of the key things to look at. On essentials, are we in alignment? You know, Christ's life, death, burial, resurrection, the authority of Scripture— on the things that we can't compromise, are we on alignment? Are we in agreement? And so when we look at those things um, and answering, you know, this is this is where we agree and these are the most important things that we agree on, you know, and then moving from there. And so, I, you know, looking at, to me, what would be a secondary issue, you know, do you immerse or do you sprinkle and, um, you know, coming up with those two different viewpoints. And again, you know, looking at, you have, um, you know, R.C. Sproul, who was, you know, all about uh, sprinkling, you know, and had no problem with it. And he had his resources and he, you know, the thing, the history that he looked at behind it and the theology that he looked at behind it. Um, And then, you know, you have other um, giants of the faith who, you know, all about dunking and immersion. And again, you have, um, you know, jokingly, you have the Bible that backs up that, um, you know, but to me, those are secondary issues that we can say, we're, we're going to agree to disagree. And it's okay, because ultimately, we are baptizing. And we are, um, we agree on what is essential. Um you know, and the thing is, like, I, I think, I think the question could be asked. You know, well, if the Holy Spirit is in, is in us, you know, and we know that the Holy Spirit can prevent us from sinning, why doesn't the Holy Spirit do that? So, to me, the logic, next logical question would be, why doesn't the Holy Spirit just give everyone the same knowledge, and you know, we all move on from there, singing "Kumbaya," holding hands, and going off together, you know, and. For, for things like that, you know, I, I refer back to a certain extent to Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things of God that, you know, I don't know all the mysteries that that he has. And so I don't know why he hasn't just placed everything, you know, on our hearts and minds. You know, I think with some things that we can explain, we're humans, we're flawed. And so somewhere along the line, somebody may be interpreting something wrong um, in their understanding of Scripture but as long as it's not the essentials, um, then we can just say, you know what, you're still my brother in Christ. I still love you. And let's, you know, go and win people for Christ. Um, I don't think there's a simple answer, though. And I think I think it's to an extent easier to explain to believers than it is unbelievers, um, you know, obviously, because believers have the Holy Spirit. And so there's a certain amount of guidance in that and with unbelievers, you know, there, there's that animosity toward God, you know, that, that their hearts are at enmity with God. And so there's, there is look, that looking for an excuse to, to fight. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to answer them. We shouldn't try to graciously provide answers for them. But I, I think that's just another sign of animosity 
in many cases and not um, a genuine searching for the truth and searching for an answer. That's kind of my two cents on it. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I, I think that we need to distinguish the completely irreconcilable from mm-hmm. different emphases. I mm-hmm. think that's a big part of it. A lot of times you will have people, and it seems to me, Nathan, that it's not just any unbelievers, but it's former believers. They see themselves mm-hmm. as former believers anyway, um, who will bang this drum. Like, you know, I was mm-hmm. part of the, the church and people believed all sorts of different things. And y'all act like, you know, your, your catechism even says the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. Well, how come it hasn't guided you all into the same truth? Does the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. have different truths? I thought you believed in absolute truth. And it can get a little sticky. Uh, but when you really start parsing things out and saying, hold on a minute, if you have a Pentecostal over here mm-hmm. and you have a frozen chosen Presbyterian over here mm-hmm. and you have, um, oh, let's say, you know, the shouting, dancing, awesome, uh, like majority black Baptist church over here. And then mm-hmm. you have the Roman Catholic, or let's let's keep it all Protestant here. You have the Episcopal Church over here, where they're doing these very um, almost sacerdotal, or at least uh, very sacramental type things. And, and the the very liberal view of God in general that that kind of wants to avoid making a, a definitive truth claim about God is going to mm-hmm. appeal back to that very tired old um, the the. Elephant, you know this thing where the the five right. blind men find an elephant, the elephant in the room, and one of them feels his side and says, "Oh, it's like a very large, I don't know, like a tent or a wall or a drum or whatever they say." The the one by the tail says, "Oh, the elephant is like a uh, uh, let's see, now the the trunk is the snake, so the tail must be like a twig. I don't know. Uh, the one who grabs it around the leg says the elephant is like a tree, and they're all right." So maybe we're yeah. all right about God. And and the proper response to that is when the elephant speaks and says, you're all wrong, I'm actually an elephant, um, then you have to defer to the voice of the elephant. In this case, right. the voice of God is self-revelation. But that doesn't mean those guys were all wrong. Right. When you're holding on to the leg of the elephant, it is like a tree. It's an elephant leg, yeah. so it's not a tree, but it's like a tree. And right. maybe those people are most comfortable there, uh, and they hang on to that leg. Uh, well, someone else. So, so I think often what you have is people emphasizing different aspects of true religion. Mm-hmm. Um, those who emphasize the moving of the spirit versus those who barely talk about the spirit and are very academic. And you go, mm-hmm. well, which one's right? If you all have the same Holy Spirit, well. It, probably in a large, huge Venn diagram overlap in the middle, both are right and could learn from each other. Right. So the notion that having different emphases equals automatic contradiction is nonsense. Mm. Now, sometimes there is contradiction where you have mm-hmm. a group that says, for example, you have to speak in tongues or you're not saved. Right. Um, or at least you're not, you know, spirit filled. And then a group over here that says tongues ceased millennia ago. Well, one's wrong and one's right. 
or yeah. both are wrong is probably right. uh, more likely uh, if you ask me. But uh, and and you go, wait a minute, do you speak in tongues in your church? No, but we also aren't hard cessationists insisting, right. that, you know, God doesn't do these things anymore. We won't let him. Um, right. And, and so you have different emphases. And yeah, there's probably within those, you know, there's the outside of the Venn diagram. So two people can't be right about the same thing at the same time in the same sense if they're saying opposite things, if they're making opposite truth claims. But yeah. how often does that really happen? In the faith, and and you also have to make room for there being people who are false converts, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of time where you have Christians who sit there and spout spout off continually against other forms of Christianity, those are usually people who are uh, trying to make up for a lack of unction, a lack of leading by the Spirit, and make up for it with zeal, kind of like Paul did when he was off trying to persecute the church. You know that. That often, I think, is is an example of, yeah, maybe everyone in the, definitely everyone in the church visible doesn't have the Holy Spirit. And a lot of right. times when there's a ton of animosity, it, it may result from the wrong spirit uh, being at work. Uh, so yeah. there's still a problem. Right. And if you ask me, it comes back, and I, I know I'm going on and on and on. I'm almost done. <laughs> <laughs> there's still a problem, but I think the answer kind of comes in the same form as the the answer, quote-unquote, to the problem of evil. The syllogism is often given, if God is all good, he can put an end to evil. If God is all uh, loving, he will want to put an end to evil and will put an end to evil. Therefore, God is either not all-powerful or not all-good or neither because there's still evil. And the the way to respond to that is, no, 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 you've made an unwarranted assumption. Let me give you a different syllogism. If God is all good, he will put an end to evil. He will want to end all evil. If God is all powerful, he can end all, all, end all evil. God mm-hmm. is all good and all powerful. Therefore, God will mm-hmm. put an end to evil. Uh, right. And in the same way, God is leading us into truth. We are all dragging our feet in different areas and in different ways. But because the Spirit leads us into all truth, we will one day all be of one mind on every doctrine. Right. And that we'll look back and look at the way we d- divided over this stuff and the, the arrogance we had, and we will repent. And we'll right. thank God that his grace in yet another area overcame. Right. Well, and I think it's fair, too, um, you know, when when you bring up the Spirit, the Spirit doesn't um, guide everyone at the same pace at all times. People are not progressing in, you know, their, their sanctification and their journey, um, all at the same rate. And, and we clearly can see that, you know, people are, people are different, you know, some, one person who's struggled for addiction their whole life will come to Christ and that addiction will end immediately. Um, another person will continue to struggle well into their, Christian life. And so I think, you know, the, the same thing is, is true. What you're saying of when we, when we look at scripture that yes, the spirit is guiding people along at different rates at different ways. He's bringing about understanding at different times in different ways. Um, and, and we're not all dealt with as believers the exact same way. God deals with us individually. Even, even the ways he brings people to himself are done in different ways. And so, 
you know, remembering that people are individuals and, and, you know, so, you know, for us as reformed people, you know, looking at the sovereignty of God can be frustrating when we're speaking with someone who, you know, looks at the absolute free will of man. And it's like, well, wait, why, why can't you just understand and get this? Well, well, God hasn't worked in them that way yet. And, and he may choose never to do that because there are other things going on, you know, and so letting God work through people at different ways, I think, is a huge grace that we can we can extend to each other. And I, and I don't think it's necessarily a, a bad argument to illustrate to people either, you know, um, whether believer or unbeliever that, you know, yes, we, we, like you said, we one day will be all of one mind. Um, but until then, you know, God didn't magically, you know, put us back together, you know, Humpty Dumpty didn't magically get put back together when he, you know, broke and fell apart, um, you know, God is working on us. And it is a process that is continuing, not only in the individual person, but collectively as the church as well. Yeah. Uh, three more things I would want to introduce. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wrote one of them on each of the pads of my fingers. So I'm looking at three of my fingers. <laughs> Are, do any of them have to do with lasergetics? <laughs> they do. Straight up lasergetics, man. Um, that was just a little peek behind the curtain. If you will. Uh, but first of all, the enemy Jesus told us is going to be sowing seeds. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be false doctrine floating around. Yep. And where people hold to false doctrine, uh, that does not negate their salvation. Assuming the false doctrine is not at a you know a core false gospel. Uh, right kind of setting uh level so that that's one thing um and so if we didn't have it's almost like with the gospels right mm-hmm. if all the gospels lined up 100 percent were exactly the same everyone would say well either a they cheated off each other <laughs> right, <laughs> we, right we only really have one gospel uh or b you only need one right the reason that it's so great that we have three that are from very different four we have four three synoptics and one more right uh, that are from very different angles is because then they all tell a different part of the story and emphasize different stuff. Yes. Uh, in the same way, if everybody was the exact same kind of Christian and taught exactly the same way and their practice was exactly the same way, really what would be um, the, the thing to do if you learned in a different way or grew in a different setting? So like when you say we're not all the same, mm-hmm. I think even from God's point of view that he works that in. So for example mm-hmm. – would he maybe bring somebody into a church of Christ non-instrumental after they got saved um, and they're in this this setting where everything is a cappella and the teaching is um, a, a, a bit severe uh, and it, it, that's where they're going to grow? Uh, yeah, I, I really believe that he does and has. Would he bring mm-hmm. other people into uh, the church where it's basically – you know, Hootie and the Blowfish discount band. Uh, yeah, if if it's somebody who that's where they will grow, um, I don't believe we're breaking God's law by worshiping in that way. So, so, you know, there's different ways. And if there was no dissension at all anywhere, what would the mm-hmm. world say when they looked at the church? They'd say, oh, look, you're all a bunch of brainwashed, you know, it's, right. it's just too close. So if it's if there's dissension, they point at that as, See, you don't all have that same spirit. If there was no dissension, they'd point at that and say, you see, you're all a bunch of brainwashed lemmings. 
um, and and you couldn't win. And just like if the Gospels were all the same, uh, A, you wouldn't need all of them. They'd be redundant. And B, it would look iffy. Uh, and I think that the same thing is true of different kinds of different kinds of churches. Again, you cannot say two contradictory things about God and be right mm. unless yeah. you're dealing with some kind of paradox and it's not really a true contradiction. If right. I say he is imminent and he is transcendent, those are both true. If I right. say, here's one that maybe uh, will raise someone's ire. If I say uh, he uh, elects us and also we choose him, sounds contradictory. If you're a compatibilist, you'll say, no, they're both true. Uh, mm-hmm. And from the world's point of view, they're saying, well, hold on. No, 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 no. You have to pick one. And and I think the right answer is, no, we don't. Right. <laughs> so right. That, it, it's a kind of, I think, a situation often of not letting the church frame the conversation because they're going to frame it in a way that that demands that God submit to their grid and God yes. won't, he won't be tamed. Yep. Yep. No, agree. Agree. 100%. This has been uh this has been good, man. I didn't really know where we were going to um, be going with this. And so I'm, I'm, I'm liking the flow. I'm liking the vibe of it. All right. So I know we need to get wrapped up here. You got stuff going on and I do too, but let's, I think we've kind of tied a bow a bit on on that issue. What are we to do in light of, what are we to think, what are we to pray in light of the crazy allegations that seem to just get nothing but crazier surrounding ministers falling from grace? Yeah. Um, So, again, I think, you know, one of the things that we need to constantly be going back to and be bringing people back to is Jesus Christ. Um, I, I've talked to uh, a handful of people who, you know, have said, I grew up in the church and this happened. And so I, it, you know, we talked about rocking our faith, you know, and there, this just rocked my faith. And so, um, and, and I think it's fair. I think it's valid when we, when we pull the name of, um, Christ, we are representing um, his church and what he established. Um, but I think it is important to bring people back to Christ and to bring people back to the Bible and say, you know, as a Christian, I agree. Let's, you know, let's say that the, these allegations are 100% true. You know, I agree that this was wrong. This shouldn't have happened. Um, you know, going back to um, a pastor who, um, you know, sexually abuses um, a child. Man, can you know? Can we be honest with people and say, you know what, the things that you're feeling, those are the things that I'm feeling too. Those are the things that God's feeling. I mean, let's look at what Scripture says about someone like that. Um, and I think being able to point people people back to what God's word says and say, you know, the Bible talks about there being, you know, these wolves in sheep's clothing, these people who will take advantage of others. And the Bible does not condone it. It absolutely condemns it. And I think we need to be honest with people. I think we need to condemn those things as well um, and say, yeah, that, that, that is wrong. And God's word says it's wrong. And we hold firm to what God's word says. Um, so those people need to be removed. 
um, and the consequences Careful of with justice the need in, to in the setting, dude. That when you say they need to be removed from <laughs> from from whatever position they're being uh, okay. held, because that could mean more than one thing yeah. in light of some of this. Yes, uh, of this... yes, they <laughs> they need to be removed from the position uh, that they are holding in the church. Um, justice needs to be. Um, you know, brought forth and, and light needs to be shed in the darkness there. And I think, I think if we begin to do that more and more as a church, that exposing those things in the church, that there, there will be a different level of respect brought to the church from those who are outside of it and from those within it. I think that, you know, there are those that are within the church that are still skeptical of the church. They are still, they're there because they know that this is, you know, the the vehicle that God is using to um, push everything forward, his people. And, you know, so I, I do think that it is to our credit to expose those things and to even say, you know what, all those feelings that you're feeling about this person, I sympathize with that. I, you know, I agree with you. That is horrible. But we can't we can't detract from God's grace either. You know, that, that, that horrible, despicable person, you know, um, as, as much as we want to place condemnation on them, you know, we need to remember that, you know, we, we can't condemn that person, that person's eternity, that that is in God's hands. And so being able to go back and say, you know, that if that person turns and repents of what they've done, there is still grace and forgiveness, um, and so we can't lose sight of that aspect of it either, because I think I think the church can go, you know, those two ways where they're they're so down on someone that it's almost like that person will never find God's grace again uh, or God's grace can never find them again. Um, but we can be so turning a blind eye to it that it can continue to happen and, and want, run rampant. Yeah, I agree with all that. I would say two short things in, in, in addition. One. You have to remind people when they're feeling – you can affirm, yes, I understand what you're feeling, and I probably mm-hmm. would feel the same thing. But we have mm-hmm. to remind people that you are locking yourself in, in a prison of bitterness, and mm-hmm. and if you don't forgive and you pray the Lord's Prayer, you're purposely placing yourself outside of God's forgiveness for your own sins, right? right. Uh, so we have to call yeah. people to, to forgive as well as to repent. And at the same time, prayer is the absolute core of all this, like – I think it, it helps everybody. I know it helps everybody. When, yes. When, when the world saw people who totally disagree with Rachel Held Evans praying for her family after her death, um, it was good for the people doing the praying. It was good for the church because there was people saw Christ's love in action. It was good for the people being prayed for because prayer makes a difference. You don't. Yes. You can't lose with that. And when something like this happens, it's easy to pick your side and yep. maybe kind of pray against the other side. I think we need to pray for, um, you know, it's it, it, end of the day. Again, it's not funny. It's just absurd. And you laugh or you cry. Um, right. But when you're done with either of those things, you pray. And you got to pray for James McDonald because of all that's going on right now and how overwhelmed he must be and how lost and broken he must feel in the midst of this. You got to pray yep. for his daughter, whatever's going on, this guy that went to the, everyone who's in the church, it's all a bit of a mess. And we got to give the whole mess to God in prayer. And, yes. and it's good for us to do that. And it's it, nobody's going to be the loser in that equation if we are if we are praying people who our knee jerk response is process it 
and then pray mm-hmm. about it. And maybe in order to finish processing it, we got to pray through it. Yes. Yep. One Absolutely. other thing I have to say, Cobra Kai never dies. And with that, Zach, we just rocked the Casbah. These go to 11.